Hi everybody, it's Sherman, the crazy Asian. And it's Megan, and welcome back to the Asian Sensations Podcast. Now, it has been a while, Megan, since we have us us on the show here. I know, we've been, um, sorry for you avid listeners, if y'all really are avid listeners, um, for our delays in between our episodes recently. It's been a lot of schedule changes and whatnot. Yes. So we're still trying to get used to that, but... As, as always, feel free to send any requests on what you'd like us to talk about. I will let you know that just because you send a request doesn't mean it's a topic that we might necessarily want to address. So you <laughs> need to put that out there because there has been some um, a little more out-of-the-box thinking, and I respect it. Yes. I just don't know if it's things that are passionately in our wheel hub. Yeah, no, and I don't even think there are things that we want to go down anyways. Yeah. So, but yeah. So, uh, again, welcome to the episode. We're going to be talking about the power of why, the purpose. And so but before we go any further, let's just take a break to hear a word from our sponsor. All right, so let's just talk about the purpose and why. So I will start here with this thought process. Because mm-hmm. anyone that got has access to YouTube can go and check this out. Simon Sinek, S-I-N-E-C-K. Mm-hmm. He wrote a book called Start With Why. And he has just a wonderful examples in there. Martin Luther King, the Wright brothers, Apple, and talks about what he calls like the golden circles, which is in the middle of everything that we do is, that really is empowering and impactful and influential is our why, our purpose. And then outside of that ring is then the how and then the what. Mm-hmm. And so um, you can YouTube it and you can find like the 15 minute segments or if you can scour Netflix, it's a TED Talks as well and that gives the, five, the full hour, but in about 15 minutes they summarize, um, or someone, someone had edited his, uh, his, basically his book down and really synthesized it. So just really impactful, but I know for you, this came out of um, watching the Nature Channel. Yeah, <laughs> so I think like a lot of the reason why people always talk about a why, um, it really, for me, where I learned the power of having a why, um, was obviously through network marketing. A lot of network marketing companies, that's typically what they talk about, is the power of having a why, like your purpose, like what drives you. Um, and I think why I'm so passionate about having people figure out their why doesn't necessarily have to do with business. It more so has to do with like, this is your driving factor into everything that you do in life, whether you're like a mom, whether you are you know, just a college student, like you have a why. Like mm-hmm. When people ask you, like, why do you do this? That's what a why is. Because I think sometimes people get confused. They're like, I don't understand what a why is. Right. A lot of girls that I like bring into the business, I'll always say the first thing that you need to figure out is your why. And they're like, I don't understand what that means. Or like my why isn't big enough. Yep. But your why is really your driving factor and your purpose. And so why Sherman brought up me watching a nature show is because so I'm really big into nature shows my favorite things to watch are like about the ocean because I really just love the ocean like I'm just so like in enamored by like a marine life um so I've been watching a ton of documentaries on Netflix. Um, there's Our Planet, um, which is a Netflix original series. There's like a ton of other like, you know, like Blue Planet. Yes. And the BBC. Yeah, the BBC. Um, it's always by, oh my God, I, I have this guy's name memorized, but now it's blanking. David. It's David um, Attenborough. Yeah. Yep. He's the voice on everything. Um, unless it's like. Oh, who is the other person that had done it? I can't remember. Um, but anyways. I was watching nature documentaries. It's my favorite thing to do. 
and I was watching a making of nature, like of a, ma- a nature documentary. And it had shown that there were these people that were like in, it was like the dead of winter in like, I think like Russia or mm-hmm. like somewhere like. Which basically from what I know is all the time in Russia. Yeah, it's, it's always winter. cold. <laughs> but so they like had put these like people in these tiny like eight by like 10 boxes. They might've been slightly bigger, but they were just small. Like, like probably the size of like a like coat closet was what they like put these people on to stay in there for two winters which is a full year and they would sit in it just so that they could film this like tiger they wanted to see a tiger in the like siberian like i think it was a siberian tiger um in the like winter in its natural habitat and how it reacted and like what it was doing and whatever and they sat in it just to record like they showed them sitting in there for like a year and like they caught nothing. Like there was no tiger, there was no movement, anything. And literally, literally like they caught maybe like 10 minutes worth of um, footage and they sat there for a year. And then it just made me think like, you know, if these people didn't have a big enough why, like if they didn't have a drive and a passion to educate people on, you know, animals and nature and show and they didn't have a purpose or passion for showing like how humans have affected animals and their natural habitats. Like these people wouldn't sit in a box for a year. Like yeah, who wants to crazy. sit in a box where this guy even showed like he's like, here's my bottle that I pee in, you mm-hmm. know, like here's like my snacks and they couldn't leave. And so I had like wrote down. Here's my here's my hand sanitizer. Yeah, exactly. Like, here's my wipes, you know, and they like can't leave it. And so that was and I kind of like related it um, and I had like set it on a team call. But I was like, you know, your why is very similar to like people when they're filming these nature documentaries. Like I watch so many of them. I know how long it takes. Like people literally sit there for like months just to watch something happen just to make an hour film and you know it just all relates to it's because they have that drive and that passion like if they didn't then we wouldn't know like how the ocean is bleaching due to global warming or you know how the deserts are like you know now there's no rain or like animals are dying off and whatever um so that was like how i related it outside of a business perspective well i think in life your why has to be greater than any kind of um, objection, mm-hmm. uh, struggle, mis- mishap, or mistake that you make. Uh, you know, like, uh, I, I, and, and I think you run into this, right? I think you see this sometimes with somebody that maybe came from an abusive household. Mm-hmm. And then their, their only vow is to make sure that they are there for their kids yep. in a non um, you know, abusive, abusive way. way. And yeah. so they want it to be happy and healthy. And so in, in one generation, they break that cycle and but yet they're they're devoted so they'll they'll choose different positions they'll turn down different positions in work they'll 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 work through marital strife mm-hmm. to be able to make sure that they that they are there for their children because it's so important to them mm-hmm. where i think sometimes we go into things thinking that there might be an escape hatch in certain circumstances um and so when the when the going gets tough the the easiest ones walk Get away Get going yeah. yeah and that's like something that we always say um like when we're talking like obviously from like a network marketing perspective because that's the biggest place that we talk about why um your why in my life is through my network marketing um and so something that we always say is like your why should be like so big it makes you cry 
Mm-hmm. And it's because, like, your purpose in life should be so significant and so strong that, like, it will get you through those toughest times where it's, you know, you want to hang up the, you know, you want to hang up the towel and, and not pursue whatever your dream is or um, when business gets tough or whatever. Like, your why should get you through all of those, like, all those times where you just don't feel like being resilient. And that was something that um, at conference when Tim Tebow had talked, um, which I wish I had my notebook to kind of exactly quote him. Um, But he had just kind of said, you know, that, you know, your purpose and your drive is what really keeps you, you know, going. Like it should get you through. I wish I could remember it because it was it was so good what exactly he had said and like the verbiage Mm -hmm. he had used. But it was just really the whole message was just like you should have such a deep it should be so deeply rooted in you that nothing can steer you away from your purpose. Right. Well, it's um, it's it's somewhat relevant right now. So. My, my grandfather's not doing well health-wise in mm-hmm. the hospital right now. Mm. Uh, but he's lived a long life. He's 89 years old. Uh, but at probably around the age of um, 76, he started getting early Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. And so um, you, you, you would wake up and there'd be some good days and there'd be some bad days. And, you know, I, literally I've had conversations with him where he, he talked to me as if, like, I'm a stranger to the family, right? And he'd talk about my brother Bruce as if I didn't know who my brother Bruce was. We both live in Houston. Or we all do now. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but what was interesting is I've been kind of reflecting a little bit um, just because it, it, it doesn't, it's not going to get better, right? Yeah. The reality is, is that um, at, at some point, right, when you're 89, there's just... You're closer to the end, right? It's just yeah. how it is, right? And, and he's lived a great life. But one of the things that it was important to him when we were growing up as kids uh, for the boys that were involved with Boy Scouts was getting an eagle. He loved the idea of the service, the awards, the, um, the, the ranks, the education. So that was important. And then what he started doing was every, um, every year he would take a grandchild um, out to Alaska. Mm. And just, just, just grandpa and the grandchild. And so I was 21. I was able to go to Alaska with Grandpa. And it was just one of my most amazing experiences up to this date in my life. Mm-hmm. For an entire week and I think it was almost almost 10 days, just him and I. Um, you know, we went deep sea fishing, fly fishing, four-wheeling. Um, we hiked all over the place. Yeah. Um, and then I had just a ton of one-on-one conversations. And so the, the beauty of that is that he didn't wait until, like, retirement to do that. Yeah. Because had he done, he probably would have forgot about it. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, he embraced like let's do it now, and then for him it was a, that was the legacy. It was it was let's create moments. Now I'm sure my grandfather has bought me many things over the years for Christmases and birthdays and and given me money, right? But the thing that I, I remember the most is that that ten days with him was just him and I mm-hmm. in the middle of the you know so, well parts of it was little middle of nowhere because it's Alaska. <laughs> um, yeah. So so I think about that because that's that was his why. It was how can I be impactful to my grandchildren. While, while I'm living. Mm-hmm. Not like, hey, let me, let me hoard up all my money and leave them something when I'm dead. It was, let's experience this life together. Yeah. And so I think a lot of times that why has to transcend because I think a lot of times when I get into like uh, a job and, I, and they, they ask about purpose or why, where I end up going is, oh, I want to be the best, whatever, name the role. I want to be the best, you know, administrative assistant. I want to be the best manager. I want to be the best, you know, managing partner. We, we always input our, our role. That, that's not significant enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so a real, a real big thing is, so you, 
you have to start questioning why you make decisions that you do. Mm-hmm. So when I remember I was going through the process of identifying my why when I first had read Simon Sinek's book, I literally went to, okay, I, why do I buy the food that I buy? Because a lot of times if I, if I walk around the, uh, the grocery store, if I find something that I've never cooked with before, I'll buy it. And then I'll Google at home and I'll figure out how, what to make with it. Um, jicama was one of the most recent ones that I, mm. um, no, that, that, that occurred at that time. Yeah. This is now like, um, this is six, seven years ago. <laughs> and so I'm um, now a jicama pro. <laughs> and at least I knew how to use it. Right. Yeah. But remember where I was like, what is this? Jicama, jicama. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but then I, I was like looking at that. I was like, so why would I do that? So I was like, well, maybe I enj- in, embrace change. I embrace new things. And I'm like, no, but there's got to be a purpose to that. Like, what, why do I do that? And so really it came down to me is that I wanted to embrace life. And, and, and the, the reason why I wanted it is that if someone else is using it, it's making them happy as a food. <laughs> I wanted to make me happy too. So, um, do you but, like jicama? Uh, not, not, not the way that I cooked it, it wasn't that great. I put it into like a stir fry, so it was, it was nice, but it wasn't like super. I, bamboo shoots are better. Yeah. No offense, jicama. Um, <laughs> and so, so the why really transformed for me was that I want to leave a legacy by positive, positively impacting people. So, why do I do a podcast? Why do I do a vlog? Why do I do. Even any ounce of social media mm-hmm. is purely for that. Yeah. Now, by, by the time somebody you know, actually listens to this, sh- will you and I be sponsored? Will you and I have you know, a clothing line, a book, you know, a show, a podcast? Sure, they, that's definitely possible. But the reason why we started this is just because we had some ideas and some thoughts. And we thought, hey, let's just share it with people out there that might be wanting to know something. Yeah. It has nothing to do with money. That's not what drove the podcast. Yeah. And I think that that's a great example of like, you know, why having a, a why and a purpose is so important to get you through like changes in life because this podcast is an exact reflection of that. We had a complete like change in our schedules. We no longer worked together anymore. We didn't have every Friday you know, a Friday afternoon to just crank out an episode. That's why we've seen, you know, the the gaps between our episodes, but yet we still make the time. You know, like yep. we still actively are like, we feel bad because we haven't done it or whatever it is. And it's because, you know, I think for me, I'm still, I still sometimes try and figure out what my why is. And I think mm-hmm. for anybody out there who has a little inkling of what their purpose and their why is in, in life, it's okay that it changes. Yes. Um, because, you know, your why is going to change as you change. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't remain the same. Like, my why shouldn't be my... I mean, it, it'd be very odd for my why when I was 16 to be the same as I am t- at 27. Mm-hmm. Um, because I've gone through so many different things in life. You know, like, my why, I don't know, when I was 16 probably was... I think I wanted to, like, be famous. You mm-hmm. know, and now I don't want to be famous because I don't like people in my life. Yes. So Privacy, you realize, is not yours anymore. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so... You know, I think that's like a big representation of having a why because I feel like what I feel or what I feel is my why is very similar to yours, but it's just like I really like helping people unlock their potential. Yeah. And I notice that in everything that I do, whether it's like getting into, you know, a business venture or why I make the decisions that I do to have the conversations that I have with people or, um, 
the friendships that I make, it's because I want to help other people be better mm -hmm. and unlock their potential. So, you know, there was a student that had reached out to me that you had referred her to. I think she's probably doing um, our not our, I'm not part of this anymore, um, the marketing thing, but she had reached yeah. out to me because she was like, hey, Sherman had said that you're like just like a phenomenal person and I Which really want, um, <laughs> and I really, you know, want help with like interviewing skills and like how to get out there and whatnot. And that is why I answered her. Yeah. You know, it's because I can help impact in that way. That's why I like being in recruiting because I can help impact and change lives. Mm -hmm. I was just telling Sherman and a couple of our other um, people that about how I had helped make my first placement at my new recruiting role and what the candidate had to say. You know, like he was like, you really helped me find like a really good job that I see myself in the long haul. Like it's such a good fit without you. I would not have found this. And you know, yada, yada, yada. And that is exactly what I want. And mm -hmm. so like, same thing, like I want that student to like have this conversation with me and then be like, because you gave me these tips, I got the internship I was wanting, or I was able to land the job that I wanted. And that's why when I was working, you know, obviously with you, that's yes. what I would do when I was finding student organizations to work with, um, was okay we can do this because I like the students coming back and saying like, oh, you know, you really helped me. So, you know, that's my why. But obviously sometimes, which is another reason why we kind of got into this conversation and talking about whys is because sometimes I feel like my story isn't like compelling enough to tell mm -hmm. others. Yeah. Um, and that's something else that I kind of wanted to talk about was, you know, your why sometimes it doesn't necessarily have to be big enough for other people. It has to be big enough for you. Bingo. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's interesting that you brought it up that there's, there's like a path, right? That just cause whatever your why is right now, doesn't mean to be your why forever. Mm -hmm. You know, it can change or, or it can apply when you go to a different, different job or you yep. get into a different relationship or you decide to do something, something, um, you know, different in your life, live somewhere different, right? Mm -hmm. Your why can still change as you change and as you evolve and as you grow. And, and I think what that's, I think for a lot of people finding the why is the toughest part. Yeah. Uh, just because they might find an inkling of it, a beginning of it, but they're like, I don't know how to really like grow into this thing. Mm -hmm. That's just because life just hasn't like grown that far on people. I think, you know, in, in the United States, typically you leave the house at 18 yep. and other cultures at 16. And so leaving the house doesn't mean that you have figured it all out. And so there's so much growth that occurs past 18. Mm -hmm. So typically in people's first decade out of, out of house, they've like learned so much, not only about themselves, but just life in general, right? Yeah. They've probably gotten screwed over. They've been dumped. They've, they've had a... Um, hardships financially maybe they've maybe gone through school they've had some successes they've they've accomplished things and so all that is to help them and that when they start reflecting i think a lot of times when they start going hey what is how does this why make sense for me like, yeah how do, I, how do i figure this thing out yeah and i think sometimes people start off their why um based off of their current circumstance, mm -hmm. you know? So like, for example, like when I started looking into my why, I made my why very business focused in the yeah. sense of like, my why is that I want Monet to like be my full-time job so that I can travel the world. Yeah. But I felt like that wasn't, and then I quickly realized that that wasn't the true why because 
it wasn't compelling enough to like drive me through the hardships of being a business owner, mm-hmm. you know, and, and running a business because just because I want to travel the world isn't enough. Mm-hmm. Um, it has to be, and that's why we always say it has to be big enough that it like makes you want to cry or, do, or it doesn't have to make you cry because my why doesn't make me cry. Yeah. Um, but it's got to compel you, right? It has to compel you. It has to propel you. Yes. You know, like it doesn't, it like it's not just about being compelling, but it also has to be propelling. Like it has to propel you to want to continue to go and move forward, you know, because if you feel like, and that's what I think is so important and why I think everybody, regardless if you're like a business owner or you're just a stay at home mom or a student, you have to have a why that is just, it's enough for you. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know where I was going. This happens all the time. Well, it's kind of like a it's, it's a it's a lifelong pursuit. Yeah. Because it's it's not going to ever get done. I think that's one of the struggles with some things like like health, um, is that from a standpoint of exercise, unless you're like an Olympic athlete or you're a paid athlete, mm-hmm. the majority of us then exercise kind of because we have to, because we live in these sedimentary lives, yeah. right? Now, if you talk to a rancher or um, uh, someone in landscaping, they don't need to exercise because they're already walking a ton all day and they're, you know, moving around, you know, chopping trees down or mowing the lawns, right? They don't need to go home and like go hit, go pump iron. Yeah, they've already you, done it. <laughs> but when you sit in a freaking cute farm all day and all you do is look at Excel spreadsheets moving mm-hmm. around like a like a tax boy or tax woman then all then yeah you better go like lift some weights or walk because last time i checked your apple watch probably notified you to move like every hour for the, last, yeah. Yeah, for, for the last uh 10 hours yeah and so that's where i think a lot of times that why to your point is that we can't see it we might not put it down because we're afraid of it yeah and that's another thing that people that's another like um, thought process of that is like your why should be so big it kind of scares you it's kind of like having um, it's kind of like having like big big goals you know I think we've talked about that is like I think it was like that book like five or something mm-hmm. or like whatever um, but four disciplines of execution you think of the the big hairy audacious goal the BHAG no, no, it was that other. It was that other <laughs> book, the one from Target that had like the five, the number five on the front. Oh yeah. Um, uh, shoot. Um, yeah, it was a uh, five. Um, five year goals. That's five year goals. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So you know, but like that's kind of like the same thing. Like your, um, like your why should almost kind of scare you, mm-hmm. because I think that things that like scare you push you out of your comfort zone, which keep you going because because i mean i feel like if you don't have a why you're you don't have a purpose you're you're lost and i think that's a lot of the reason why people like find themselves in the places that they do is because they're lost they have no direction and that's why i think regardless of that's where i was going with this regardless of like if you're a stay-at-home mom or a a student or whatever it is like you everybody should have a why Mm -hmm. because it is like your your map of where you want to go and why you do the things that you do. And, and what is ultimately going to get you to where you want to go, right? Mm-hmm. So when it's scary, it's scary because you don't know if you can do it. You don't know if you need other people to help you do it. You might not even know where to even start with it. Um, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's interesting. So a lot of times we see this in like in inventors, like where they're obsessed about trying to do something. And yeah, some some inventors that we've we never heard their names because they didn't do anything of, of any magnitude. Uh, the Dyson guy. Um, who invented the Dyson mm-hmm. uh, vacuum? 
he'd have had a few things, but then he hadn't had any real success outside of like the, the ball wheelbarrow. So it's oh, a, yeah. it was a uh-huh. wheelbarrow that could basically pivot, which is really kind of unique. Um, but then the Dyson was the next one. And how that came about was he was literally vacuuming and was irritated that like the bag had like the bag had like gotten full and then it wouldn't suck anything else up. And he's like, this is stupid. Like, yeah. how am I meant to know that like... That it's full. And then so, but then he just got irritated with the, the lack of sucking mechanisms. That's what he focused <laughs> in on. And so then he figured out how to create a, a vacuum that could like basically pick up a 10 pound bowling ball or something crazy. Hmm. Uh, I think that's what it literally can do. Um, and so all of a sudden now we have Dyson, Dyson, you know, air blowers and yeah. air dryers. And, and so, but he had a ton of failures behind him of things that just... They just weren't that good at good of ideas, um, but it wasn't like he wasn't necessarily like I want to make money on this crazy vacuum. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go invent a six hundred dollar vacuum. We can make some serious cabbage on. Um, no, he just he wanted anyone that's an inventor has like sees the world with problems and yeah. with solutions. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes me think of Bill Gates. So I don't know if you watched the Netflix one behind in, inside the mind of Bill Gates. No. Phenomenal, right? Because he's working on his foundation. He's trying to cure, yeah. eradicate polio in Africa, mm-hmm. um, get like drinking water, uh, but more so uh, clean sanitation. Yeah. In like third world countries, which if anyone knows the, in the United States sanitation, it's like millions and millions of dollars. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then the other one is uh, I can't remember, but but it's cool <laughs> because you see like how obsessed. He is. Yeah. He reads about a hundred, no, no, thirteen books a week. Oh my gosh. The guy is insane. Like, and someone that had said, said to him in an interview, like, "Hey, it seems like you're a workaholic." And he goes, "Well, if, if you're saying that, like, do I work long hours? Do I do I enjoy what I do? Then sure, I guess I'm, I'm a workaholic. I just see the world with a different lens, and and I and I only have so many years basically to help help solve it. Yeah. And that's that was just amazing. I mean, the guy is just. His mind is on, totally on a different level. Um, but I feel like that's like a lot of of like the big names that you know. Their purpose isn't because they want to, like their why isn't due to like selfish reasons. Typically a lot of people's like inventors and things like that are a lot of like big names that you know. Their why is like for others. Yep. And that's the thing is that you could wipe out his entire like income, right? Wipe it completely out he would still rise to the top mm-hmm. just because he's that his skill set his 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 work ethic both those talents and work ethic will propel him to the top all over again mm-hmm. it's just amazing it, 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 and and so i think a lot of times our why gets gets like put out like a like a cigarette in an ashtray the moment that we start thinking of obstacles not enough money not enough yep. brains not enough family or friends or uh, they like, we we automatically discount our why the moment that we start really thinking about it mm-hmm. so that's true and it, it it you have a lifetime to pursue it yeah so why not take a lifetime to keep at it yeah and so for anybody like that is con- like still confused because i think still people are like get confused with the word like why it's mm-hmm. just i mean just always think about it as like your purpose yeah. like why do you why do you make decisions? Why do you make you decisions do? the way that you do? Yeah. You know, like for me, where I was kind of thinking about this the other day, like I have, you know, I I get told a lot that I'm like the most ambitious person that like people know, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so part of that, I kind of like reflect, I'm like, well, dang, I need to 
pick better people then if I'm the most ambitious person in the room. Um, But, you know, like for me, I just feel like you shouldn't just go to work and then come home and then just like not work on your goals, Mm -hmm. you know, or like not work on something else bigger than yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, I mean, what's the point of that? You know, I, I feel like so many people that just go home, like they wake up, they go to work, they come home and they just kind of like, you know, they might like cook dinner, they might like walk their dog, go to the gym, you know, but it's not anything like really like legacy driven, you know, like there's not anything like tangible that they do when they get home. Like I saw this thing the other day that it essentially said, you know, your eight to five is, or like your nine to five is to pay your bills, but your six to 10 is to build your empire. Yeah. And that's like a part of like what drives me is that I just don't feel like my, I know that my why isn't fulfilled just by going to work and coming home yeah, and not doing anything. So one of the most, um, one of the most unique leadership uh, experiences I, I had gone through with this, uh, this team went through a leadership course for an entire year and all people in the, in, in the, in the same industry and mm-hmm. kind of the same, same, enough experience right along in the in in the industry and so one of the things that we had to do was you had to write your own eulogy Mm, mm -hmm. so you had to you know put in the voice of let's say you know a mom a dad a like reading it yeah and and then you'd write down and a lot of people then they shared it and a lot of them got emotional because they're thinking about the loss to the to the loved ones the loss of these things and so Stephen Stephen Covey in his book seven habits of highly effective people talks about what would you want to be said yeah. So number one, what do you want to be said at your eulogy? And then what today would people actually say about you? Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I was just literally talking about yesterday and I was walking to the car in the old crazy Asian vlog <laughs> was what do you want on your tombstone? Oh, yeah. I was just about to bring that up. Like, what do you want on your tombstone? Because for a lot of people, unfortunately, it'll have their name and it'll have the year they're born and the, and the, and the, di- the day they die. And their life is summed up in that dash. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a great poem, by the way, mm. about the dash at this <clears throat> this person had, uh, had, had, had penned. So that's, I think for a lot of people, it comes down to purpose. What is your dash? What do you want that little line to represent for you? Mm-hmm. And for some people, it will be father, mother, sibling. Uh, well, maybe brother, sister, so it's a little more uh, specific. Person, human being that lived here. Um, <laughs> and, and I think that's what really can compel people because... I know that there's a lot of guys that I know that they'll, they'll, they'll move things around so that the way they're at every single one of their daughter's gymnastics uh, meets mm-hmm. or at their son's swimming, uh, swimming meets. They'll do that because it's, that compels them. But for me, to be honest with you, if my son, um, Benny, this here's a good example, one of the guys we work with, won a World Series con- uh, trip. Mm-hmm. He did not go because his son, who's six or eight, had a little football league game mm. and so for him family wise it's important for me sorry dude you're six or eight uh, <laughs> you don't remember that experience I'm not remember, gonna remember. i will remember the world series <laughs> so we'll, we'll trade off but but see that's me right so that's that's the way that i view things i don't judge him and his decisions and because for me it's about impact not quantity yeah so the quality for, for me that's just me that's just how I judge the relationships, right? So I don't go to every one of my son's cross-country meets, but I went to districts, right? Yeah. So I, I pick and choose, and, that's, and that, those are my choices to make. Anyone, anyone can judge me the way that they want, but I don't, I don't really care what anybody thinks about my decisions, but these are my decisions yeah. because that's my purpose that compels me. Again, if I'm dead, so that's what someone would say, well, what if you're dead and you, you miss out on that, on that meet? 
I have literally thousands of hours of video and podcasts my sons will be able to listen to forever. Yeah. Archived out there on the cloud. So unless somebody takes on the internet, <laughs> they have a lot of consumption of dad. Yeah. But that's why I think, you know, your why should be unique to you. You can't look at others to to create your why. And I actually told my friend this morning on the phone was I was looking through my Instagram because I know that I've because I I like to like take what is it um, take account I don't know I'm, yeah I'm like trying to think of the exact word like an but like assessment like, is like yeah kind of like inventory I guess yeah. like I like to like do auditing I like to audit myself and I'll and I've like been auditing myself with the year coming to a close and we had this conversation when he happened to be in town not too long ago and we were sitting there and he really asked me do you do you feel like you're a better person like do you feel like you're better than you were this time last year and I said no Mm. and then so that like kind of like started the conversation and you know we had our conversation about that but then so it got brought up this morning and I was talking to him about it and I said you know um I was going through my Instagram Mm -hmm. and I was and I had said something about like I drew inspiration from myself and I think that that's like such a big thing is like you should be looking to draw inspiration from yourself and not from others yeah in in reality um i think if you are very in tune with your why and your purpose like i can't look for at you to figure out what my why is i can't mm. look at you know beyonce to figure out what my why is i have to look in myself mm-hmm. and look back at it like how was i last year what was different last year that's different this year mm-hmm. you know is it the whole year that i've been different or has it just been because of circumstances you know with a new job and things mm-hmm. like that and like really kind of taking inventory and auditing yourself um and when you do that that really changes your why and you'll notice that it changes your why because i know that you know even though i sometimes feel that i'm not in a better place than i was last year um in reality i am because my why is different you yeah. know like my why last year probably was to like make a ton of money and like travel the world and now yeah. my why is really to impact people and you know help them unlock their potential and and really become the best versions of themselves and when you do that sometimes because sometimes when you're giving to others and you want to help others sometimes it you feel in yourself that you haven't grown a lot but in reality you know if you continue and look in the long haul you'll see that you know there have been changes and positive ones yeah Comparing, comparing ourselves to others will literally be the thief of life. It'll, oh, yeah. Definitely. It'll rob you of anything that you've accomplished and, and done. And, and it's, just, it's, just not a good, it's just not a good way to do things because um, uh, we, have, we have new hires this, this, this week. Mm-hmm. And some, some of them are like, oh, man, you know so much, Sherm. Well, I'm like, I'm coming on 15 years in the same industry. Yeah. And I've been in this role that I have right now for, for a decade. And so don't compare my chapter 15 to, to your, your intro. Right? Yeah. Oh, not, yeah. You're not, even in, you're not even in chapter one yet. Like, you've just started. And so, at the same time, right, you're single, ready to mingle. I'm, <laughs> I'm married with four kids, right? And so, for us to compare our lives to each other is so unsig- it's so insignificant, yeah. right? So, Megan might go, oh, I can't believe he's got, like, this wonderful family, all doing these family things. And then I look at you and go, oh, look, she's traveling to this place, that place. But they're completely separate, like... There's nothing, first you're female, I'm male, right? I'm 40, you're still in your 20s, right? So, so we live completely different lives. So there isn't any value in comparing our lives. Mm-hmm. Because it's like comparing an, an apple to a shawarma. 
<laughs> they don't even compute. They're not even saying fruit. I thought they were going to say right? orange, but that's just yeah. even better. You know that it's I mean? completely, yeah, because yeah, it is, they're completely nothing. two different things. Yeah, there's, there's like nothing close to, to, like the only similarities that we have is that we at one point in life, we cross paths here for a year. Yep. And that's, and, uh, you have black hair, I have black hair. Right, that's about <laughs> it, right? Yeah. Oh, we both have Monet. Yeah. <laughs> We both have anti-aging hair care. <laughs> that's right. So, so that's, what's, that's what's really interesting is that it, it, it's okay to, it's, you got to do you. Yeah. And I, and I find that the reason why you can find inspiration from yourself is when you're, when you're truly in tune with, that's who I'm competing against. Mm-hmm. It's, it's Megan of 2018. It's Megan. Yep. Of, and, and, then, and then it's who, Megan of 2025 has a t- all the answers that I need. Yep. So how do I become her? Mm-hmm. And what is going to compel me to be that person? Because I know for me, in five years, I will not be more organized than I am today. Right? <laughs> no, and there's no, there's, no, there's no reason to <laughs> pretend that that's going to happen. Um, but there's certain things that I sure hope that I've been doing better in regards to legacy and impacting others. Um, you know, I'm sure a book will come out just because it's nice for people to have that tangible piece of ink. Mm-hmm. And sure, if it makes a few shekels, great. But it's not anything I'm going to promote. I'm just going to put it out there. And that way, if somebody wants to have something that's tangible, they do. Yeah, and I think that's another thing just to kind of, obviously, we don't want to talk y'all's ears off. Yep. But if you want, we'll do it. Um, I think that's another thing is that, I mean, I'm not saying that it, this should be a rule, but I feel like typically your why shouldn't be attached to money because it'll run out just as quickly as your money will. Yes. And it's not enough to drive you. Like what happens once you get that hundred thousand dollars or that million dollars? What's next? Yeah. You know, like it's, it's only as good as you know, the, the dollar amount. When I find that when we use a tangible thing like money or cars or houses to measure ourselves, then we have a tendency to measure other people on that same track. And there's very little value to that. Oh, yeah. Because the moment that you and I drive that, drive that car off the lot, the moment that we you know, get into that house, we might want something different. Mm-hmm. Or at some point, the kid's got to leave the house. So what do you need you know, 8,000 square feet for? Yeah. Yeah. It's just too many people downsize. I've seen it so many times. And then who's really buying that 8,000 square foot house? Most people end up losing money on their big houses, but they just don't know it. Yeah. They think they make money. It's also with cars. So, um, why? If Megan can help you with the why, if I can help you with your why, let us know. Feel free to reach out to us. Link is in the bio. Link is in the the description. Yeah, we'll put our Instagrams in there as well. Um, And obviously the Asian Sensations Instagram, Mm -hmm. um, which we have not been doing anything with. Um, But but nothing's been going on. Exactly. We really haven't done anything, but we appreciate you listening in. And if you haven't thought about what your why is, we highly encourage you do that today. You know, write out a a bunch of thoughts, really figure out what it is that drives you every single day. And that is your why. And if you need to post it on your mirror, write it down somewhere, have it visually in front of you um, to keep you going every day, then I think you should. Yeah. What? Thanks, anybody, for listening to the very end here. We appreciate your time, your attention. And if you liked it a lot, share it, like it, live it. Yep. Catch you all next time. Bye.